Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Then and Now, Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Our episode last week, Thanksgiving, was posted on November 26th. In that episode, we noted, in this holiday season, in our holiday of Thanksgiving, do we make enough room for God to be the object of our Thanksgiving? Or is he some afterthought if we think of him at all? We all have shortcomings. However, not all of us take in people with their shortcomings. John Gill also told us that the object of thanksgiving is God. Our thanksgiving, whether for something done for us or in celebration of a holiday, is of God. He gives us reason to be thankful. While you may disagree with me, no matter how bad things get, one can always find a reason to be thankful, even to God. The question in this is, are you willing to find any reason to be thankful, no matter how great or how small? There are times when being thankful is very hard, or even seemingly so, impossible. Yet, we are spiritually enriched by Christ. We are plentifully and abundantly provided for by Christ. We are spiritually wealthy and abundantly provided for by Christ, with all the riches of grace with his own unsearchable riches, and the riches of glory. They were entitled by him, and all which came to them through his poverty. John Gill told us further, Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you by the testimony of Christ, is meant the gospel of Christ which bears a testimony to. To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled Thanksgiving, posted on November 26th. This week, our study is titled Then and Now, Part 1. Our scripture reads, Make clear to them that they are to put themselves under rulers and authorities to do what they are ordered, to be ready for every good work, to say no evil of any man, not to be fighters, to give away to others, to be gentle in behavior to all men. For in the past we were foolish, hard in heart, turned from the true way, servants of evil desires and pleasures, living in bad feeling and envy, hated and hating one another. But when the mercy of God our Savior and his love to man was seen, 
not by works of righteousness which we did ourselves, but in the measure of his mercy he gave us salvation through the washing of the new birth and the giving of new life in the Holy Spirit, which he gave us freely through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been given righteousness through grace, we might have a part in the heritage, the hope of eternal life. From Bible in Basic English, 1949-1964, Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. First, we should note some comments on this passage and chapter. In this chapter, the Apostle exhorts Titus to press various duties incumbent on Christians with arguments engaging to them, gives him some directions about dealing with heretics, and some instructions about private matters and particular persons, and closes it with salutations. And first, he charges him to put his hearers in mind of their duty, to be subject to civil magistrates, and readily perform whatever is right and proper for them to do, and to abstain from blaspheming and brawling, and to exercise gentleness and meekness to all men. The arguments inducing thereunto are taken partly from their former state and condition, while unregenerate, when they were as ignorant and as wicked as other men, they are exhorted to behave well too, and partly from the consideration of the salvation they were now partakers of, which leads on the apostle to give an account of its causes and means. The moving cause of it is the love and mercy of God, the way and means in which it is brought about are not works of righteousness done by men, but the regenerating and renewing grace of the Spirit, capital S, which is plentifully bestowed through Jesus Christ the Savior, and justification by the free grace of God, by virtue of which men become heirs unto, and have a hope of eternal life, which several blessings of grace should be constantly insisted on in the ministry of the word, in order to engage believers carefully to perform good works. And because such doctrines are good in themselves and profitable to men, whereas questions, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law are foolish, vain, and unprofitable, and to be avoided. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. That gives us some understanding of what this passage is about. Our study verses are 3 through 7. Now, digging deeper, we find, in addition to the admonitions which Titus, according to the directions of Paul, was to address to the persons in various stations in the congregations, the apostle here 
insert some general exhortations for all Christians. Remind them to be subject to their rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work. Not only the members of the congregations of Crete, but all Christians should keep in memory and recall the fact continually that they owe allegiance and obedience to the government given them by God in all matters which are not covered by an actual prohibition of God, they are to submit themselves willingly, even if their personal feelings are not in agreement with the policies of the rulers. It makes no difference whether the national polity is republican or monarchical, whether the rulers profess Christianity or not whether their policies are beneficial or not. The Christians in every country must submit, be obedient to them by the will of God. Reference Romans chapter 13, verse 1. There is only one exception, namely, when the ordinances of the state oppose the plain will of God. Reference Acts chapter 5, verse 29. Even in a republic, the feeling of obedience, of reverence, and the corresponding willingness to give concrete evidence of this feeling at all times must be self-evident with Christians. If, in this case, they do not believe that the men representing the government are working for the best interests of the entire country, they may voice their disapproval through the medium of speech, or the press, or the ballot box. But as long as a government is in power, it must be supported by the Christians of the land. From Kretzmann Popular Commentary. Mr. Kretzmann said some important things for us to look at closer. Note, in addition to the admonitions which Titus, according to the directions of Paul, was to address to the persons in various stations in the congregations, the apostle here inserts some general exhortations for all Christians. Notice, not a few Christians, not some Christians, but all Christians. That means we as Christians today are a part of this group, and therefore all comments apply to us too, since we are part of all Christians. Further, not only the members of the congregations of Crete, but again, all Christians should keep in memory and recall the fact continually that they owe allegiance and obedience to the government given them by God. Can horrible forms of government that severely restrict their people be of God? Governments like this have existed throughout the history of man. Maybe. There is a point when people take away what God intends by
by forming a government for politicians to have greater power and rule over a people and not so much for the people they govern. Remember, though, quote, it makes no difference whether the national polity is republican or monarchical, whether the rulers profess Christianity or not, whether their policies are beneficial or not. The Christians in every country must submit, be obedient to them by the will of God. Again, reference Romans chapter 13, verse 1. While Romans 13, verse 1 is our reference verse, I want to include the minor context for greater clarity. That is, Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 4, which reads, Let everyone put himself under the authority of the higher powers, because there is no power which is not of God, and all powers are ordered by God for which reason everyone who puts himself against the authority puts himself against the order of God, and those who are against it will get punishment for themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear to the good work, but to the evil. If you would have no fear of an authority, do good, and you will have praise. For he is the servant of God to you for good. But if you do evil, have fear. For the sword is not in his hand for nothing. He is God's servant, making God's punishment come on the evildoer. As you can see, there is reason for why we are to be governed. That governance anywhere in the world, is accountable to God because he installed them. These powers or authorities that form a governance over people are ordered by God. However, at the very least, greedy people can take governance to levels God never intended. To these people, Romans chapter 13 verse 4 says, Have fear. As strong as that is, notice, there is only one exception, namely, when the ordinances of the state oppose the plain will of God. Reference, again, Acts chapter 5, verse 29. I want to include the short context verse 29 is in. It is in Acts chapter 5, verses 26 through 31, which read, Then the captain and some of the police went and took them, but not violently for fear that they might be stoned by the people. And they took them into the Sanhedrin, and the high priest said to them, We gave you very clear orders not to give teaching in this name, and now Jerusalem is full of your teaching and you are attempting to make us responsible for this man's death. But Peter and the apostles, answering, said, We have to do the orders of God, not of men. The God of our fathers gave Jesus back to life, 
whom you had put to death, hanging him on a tree. Him God has put on high at his right hand as a ruler and a savior to give to Israel a change of heart and forgiveness of sins. From Bible and Basic English, 1949-1964, Acts chapter 5, verses 26 through 31. The second half of our reference verse, Acts chapter 5, verse 29, should be fully noted. It reads, We have to do the orders of God, not of man. Notice that they state clearly that they have to do the orders of God, which takes precedence over man's law and rule. When we find ourselves in this type of situation, we should be compelled to act as the apostles did. Lastly, Mr. Kretzman said, Even in a republic, the feeling of obedience, of reverence, and the corresponding willingness to give concrete evidence of his feeling at all times must be self-evident with Christians. If, in this case, they do not believe that the men representing the government are working for the best interests of the entire country, they may voice their disapproval through the medium of speech or the press or the ballot box. But as long as a government is in power, it must be supported by the Christians of the land. Here is the interesting item to clearly note. Civil action is allowed. Notice, they may voice their disapproval through the medium of speech, or the press, or the ballot box. So, if we disagree with our governments of this world, we have the right to voice our disapproval through the medium of speech. Not necessarily by giving a speech, but by using our speech or simply speaking our disapproval in the correct place or places at the right time. We can even use the press, meaning today the news media, in newspapers, the internet, and other media. Then, if nothing is any better, we can vote them out at the ballot box, meaning wherever we vote for our people providing our form of governance. Remember, how one country is governed is very different than any other on planet Earth. A free society is governed differently than in other countries of a free society. Therefore, our disapproval is properly voiced by proper speaking, proper use of the press, and or, if better results are not had, vote them out at the ballot box. That covers verses 1 through 3. Now, Verses 4 and 5 are one sentence in my Bible and read, But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us not by works of righteousness that we have done, but on the basis of 
His mercy through the washing of the new birth and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. From Titus chapter 5, verses 4 through 5. In the Bible in basic English, we read the same verses this way. But when the mercy of God our Savior and his love to man was seen, not by works of righteousness which we did ourselves, but in the measure of his mercy, he gave us salvation through the washing of the new birth and the giving of the new life in the Holy Spirit. From the Bible in Basic English, 1949-1964, Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 5. As if our apostle had said, though in our heathenish and unconverted state we were as bad and vile as any, yet no sooner did the loving kindness of God to fallen man appear by the illumination of the gospel and the communication of his grace, not for any good works or deserts of ours, but of his mere mercy and free goodness, he saved us from that state of sin and misery by regeneration, signified and sealed in baptism, and by renewing of the Holy Spirit, which Holy Spirit was poured forth in the extraordinary measure upon us, according to promise, after Christ's resurrection. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. Notice what Mr. Burkett said. In our heathenish and unconverted state, we were as bad and vile as any. Yet no sooner did the loving kindness of God to fallen man appear by the illumination of the gospel and the communication of his grace, not for any good works or deserts of ours, but of his mere mercy and free goodness, he saved us from that state of sin and misery by regeneration what some have called in modern times being saved, which is referenced here as regeneration. First, we should note, in our heathenish and unconverted state, we were as bad and vile as any. This means, regardless of our stature, whether rich or poor, whether a prominent personality or just an everyday person making ends meet in one's life, or reasonably a nice person, in our heathenish and unconverted state, we were as bad and vile as any. Now, notice how this can change. Yet no sooner did the loving kindness of God to fallen man appear by the illumination of the gospel and the communication of his grace, not for any good works or deserts of ours, but of his mere mercy and free goodness, he saved us from that state of sin and misery by regeneration. Salvation is a free gift 
that we only need to be willing to receive. Our present deadline is, preferably, before the tribulation period begins. However, even in that seven-year period, people will still find Christ as their Lord and Savior, but under severe distress. So the question now is, will you receive him as your Lord and Savior, that no matter how heathenish you are in your unconverted state, no matter how bad or vile you are, you can still receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. The only question you need to answer is, will you do it? If you will, refer to our second episode titled, How to be Saved. A quick and easy link to this episode is found in our episode notes of any podcast. Next week, we continue our four-part Christmas series. It is titled, Then and Now, Part 2. Next week, we will continue to answer the question, How do you comply with traffic instructions or filling out forms for a student grant? This question is larger, but that much alone is a lot to answer. To find out more and how this is a Christmas message, join us next week. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphen or spaces in unchurched 
Our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website has more information, links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.